I think it's the beginning of a lot more people mm-hmm. learning that deconstruction, it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In fact, it is okay. it's necessary. I, I mean, yeah. I firmly believe that that wrestling, deconstruction, untangling, whatever name you give it, it is a necessary part of our coming to know who Jesus really is. I believe that with all my heart. But there does seem to be a, a little bit of hesitation when it comes to people talking about deconstruction, mm-hmm. the fear of where it's going to lead, you know, the whole slippery slope thing. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. scared to death of the slippery slope. And personally, Stacy, and I think I've heard you allude to this, I think our definition and what church is looks completely different than we right. I mean, in 10 years, I just think it's going to be radically different than we think it is because people will say, but we need the church to grow. I I completely agree with that. But you know what I call the church? Not the system I left four years ago. Mm -hmm. I don't call that church. I call what we did on Sundays for that six Mm -hmm. weeks church. I call my classes at Flying Free every Sunday church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I call when I meet with my friends at Zaxby's and we have chicken fingers <laughs> church. I mean, I really do. My, my, my definition has completely broadened wow. what church is. So. All right. Welcome, Marie, to Clarity Unleashed podcast. I am glad to be here, Stacey. <laughs> so thankful to have you. I want to start yeah. out just quickly and have you introduce yourself in a minute, everything you want us to know about you. And I would just say that um, I'm just uh, grateful to have met you and to be able to have done a little bit of ministry with you so far, and just uh, especially down this path of deconstruction. So. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thank you. And let us know a little bit about what what, what you'd like us to know about you. Uh, Yeah. um, My name's Marie. I uh, I love Jesus. (laughs) I don't remember a time that I did not believe in him, but the the road of that and my growth in him is uh, different than a lot of people. But now we're finding out, Stacey, it's actually the same as a lot of people. Uh, mm-hmm. Just more and more we're talking about it now. But um, I, I write as a hobby. So I've blogged for 10 years, but professionally, I'm an accounting, I'm an accounting professional. And yes, I am in graduate school. And I will start a program at Friends University in Christian Spiritual Formation and Leadership on August the 16th. So I will get my master's of arts in that. And then I had already started classes towards a master's of divinity. So we're just going to see where all this, <laughs> all this leads. Um, because I'm also going to take a class still continuing towards my master's of divinity. So we'll just see how that goes. I might have to choose to focus on one at one time, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see how that. I'm a mother of three adult children. And recently divorced, okay. uh, 26 year marriage that ended 
last November. Okay. So and you said you write and blog, but tell us about your site and where people. Oh, yeah, it. it's uh, called Live Like It Matters and you can find it at livelikeitmatters.net. I just I write about I have a feature called Monday School just for you beauty break. I write a series called Why I Left Giant Church Incorporated. That's been a really popular series. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just write as I learn. I, that's what I do. I just pass it on, you know, yeah. pass on what I'm learning. So, And you and I met and started doing this Bible study together. So that was out of the Flying Free Sisterhood. It was, yes, out of Flying Free. Um, and you did the morning Sunday morning classes mm-hmm. of that. And it touched me in such a deep way. I contacted you and said, uh, can I have your permission to lead a group um, going through this study? And of course you said yes. And then you graciously offered to even come in on the class. And it was such a blessing. I mean, it's been such a blessing. But I have to say, I finished that study or that study journal. But like you've said, and I believe our journey of deconstruction or untangling um, is a continual journey. Um, So really, it's only the beginning. (laughs) Yes. And I love the word that you use, untangling. Deconstruction is kind of the word I I cling to, but untangling is also such a great visual word of what happens yes um, in this process and so the reason we're together is to talk about that that untangling and that deconstruction and how it's a beautiful thing and not anything to be feared yes um so tell me about that fear tell me kind of what you're experiencing out in evangelical world when you use that word what i see in most of my circles which you've got to know i come from a conservative background there's a lot of, uh, I don't want to say resistance, but people don't know what to think about deconstruction because you, they are fearing. There, there seems to be a fear, um, a fear of, oh, gosh, they're going to go down that slippery slope and they're going to leave the faith. The part of the reason why I wanted to do this and why I wanted to lead other women through that study, Stacy, is because I see this a lot. People are struggling with some things. They don't know what to call it. They don't have to call it deconstruction. I mean, whatever you want to call it. I mean, there are women. They're realizing that some of the what they've always been taught is not true. It's not true or it doesn't align with the Jesus they're coming to know. Right, right. That's what happened to me, really. Uh, I I was really, you know, so in my 20s, I mean, I'd grown up in the church or around the church, but in my 20s, I gave my whole entire life to Jesus. I said, here I am. I mean, and I meant it. And so from that moment, I believe the only way I can describe it is he started this process of making me whole. Some people would call it sanctification or just making me into that whole person. So we're new creations, but we're also being made new at the same time. So that was the process for me. And I meant it every part of my life. I wanted to, you know, give to Jesus. So it was all, all, I mean, how I mothered, how I was a wife, how I was a friend, daughter, 
employee, you know, that all I wanted it to please God. But now I realize that while I believed, I do, I did believe faith alone, right? I mean, we are saved by faith alone, not by works. Mm-hmm. But if somebody would have been looking at my life, they would have been like, I'm not so sure that you believe that it's in faith alone because I was working myself mm-hmm. um, way beyond what I should have done. And while I would have said I was trying to please God, what ultimately was happening is I was really a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of what I learned in church, that was, it was kind of, um, they didn't teach it any different. I mean, it was right. like, Okay, yeah, this is what you do. We ask you to serve. You're supposed to serve. You want to live a blessed life? Well, then you've got to do, you've got to give of your talent, time, and treasure. I mean, how many of us have heard that? Yeah. And they got to say how much was good enough. Right. Yeah. On Instagram, I just did that um, uh, a few posts a couple weeks ago about that because it's, 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 it's a business model. And it is all about bringing in new people and the discipleship gets thinner and thinner the longer you're there and the work gets harder and harder because you're the volunteer in all kinds of ways. And um, it literally becomes, at least for me, what, what the message literally was is it's not about you, you're saved. This is about everyone else. No, yes, totally. And um, that becomes a dangerous discipleship model. I didn't start that whole work-based mindset until later in my Christian walk when I we started going to this non-denominational megachurch so my son suggested this new cool church and I was like, Hey, okay, we'll try it. And so we went and, um, a year later, my husband started going for the first time in our lives, we were going to church together and serving. And I thought that I just, and the good things were happening. We hear that all the time, right? Good and wonderful things in the city were happening. And, so I just thought that was where we were supposed to be and how it was supposed to be doing. And like you, they said, it's not for you. It's for all these other people we're trying to reach. It's not for you. It's for your husband who, who he would say he was a believer, but his life did not really reflect that. And so mm-hmm. um, it was for him, me, me serving that gentle and quiet spirit and how I was just, a, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, be an example um, for him. And so I did that, but then in 2016, our eyes were open to some things, um, and we left in 2017, not even realizing what the term spiritual abuse, that that even existed, okay? Like, I had no idea. Um, I do remember this. I looked up, because I didn't have any other word for it. I put, is my church a cult in, in Google? I mean, because... <laughs> Wow. I didn't even know. Like I said, mm-hmm. I had no idea of the terminology of what mm-hmm. we all know now. Um, and so just from that and the research, I realized, okay, well, t- 
to some it would be defined as a cult, uh, you know, um, but it was definitely not the way that it was supposed to be. And it, so I started getting language for it. Um, that started me on this whole journey of untangling. Okay. Like being what have I believed and how, how mm-hmm. I, I, I studied my Bible all the time. How did I get how did I go from this to getting wrapped up in this? Because we went to that church for eight years, mm. eight or nine. Um, how did I ever think some of the things they were teaching? Well, I mean, we we did tell them, look, we can't agree with some of your teachings, but it almost happened like I've heard this expression when you, you know, a frog, when you're boiling a frog, it does, it's the water's not Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it happens slowly and you're just like, yeah, that's the only way I can describe it. And mm-hmm. so you that, don't really see it until you look and and kind of in, in hindsight. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do tell yourself and because we've experienced the kind of marriages we have too, you tell yourself, but there's some good things happening. Mm-hmm. Spiritual abuse. I found out first, then I started, the more reading I did, I realized some of these same things were happening in my marriage. So it had me questioning even more. So the very first thing I untangled, um, the first thing I really studied on my own with fresh eyes, and I asked God to give me fresh eyes, is what God had to say about women. Mm -hmm. So I went all the way back to Genesis, and I just... And I listened to this podcast. It was so helpful. It's called After Class. I don't know if you've heard of it. I, I don't even know what denomination they are. But there are three theologians who got together and they went through every passage in the Bible. It was a very long series. Okay. Um, and I listened to every single one, like all the time that I could. And then I would go back and study and then I would listen and then I would go back and study again. And it really just challenged me on what I thought. And then I read Amy Bird's book. Mm. Well, you know, Marie, that I started the same way. So the Holy Spirit really opened my eyes with Genesis. That's exactly where I went. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so then Amy Bird wrote that recovering from biblical manhood and womanhood. In the meantime, I was listening. Now, here I am. I had come from this non-denominational church thinking, finding out that this was a spiritual abuse. Okay. Now, Stacey, I had not connected anything in my past with any kind of spiritual abuse yet. Okay. Nothing. I was still thinking it was just because they were a non-denominational church and they didn't have any denominational connections. That's right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. I thought the lack of structure is why there's spiritual abuse. Okay. Well, so Annie Bird was part of this podcast called um, the man. Uh, I, I can't even mortification of spin. Okay. And they were both, they were all Presbyterians. So I thought, Oh my goodness, the Presbyterians, they seem so gentle and tender. And I bet there's never any spiritual abuse that happens at their churches because <laughs> <laughs> they've got this great church government thing going okay so right after Amy Bird's book come, came out she started getting a lot of pushback mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah. People in her own ugly, ugly pushback mm-hmm. denomination. I was literally, Stacy, I was shocked. And then they um pushed her out of the podcast and said that she could not be part of that podcast anymore. People don't even realize that weekend I was like, what is happening? What I, I thought these were the gentle, kind people that there was no spiritual abuse happening and they're spiritually abusing Amy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it rocked my world. So then that was another way God was opening my eyes. And finally, now I see there is, it happens in all denominations, mm-hmm. any type of church government, in a lot of Christian organizations that has what we would think high accountability. There is mm-hmm. spiritual abuse everywhere. Even in the denomination I grew up with, shocker of shocks, you know, the Baptist mm-hmm. church might be one of the worst, you know? <laughs> um, but I mean, you people probably think, well, how could you not know that? Well, when you grow up in something, you just, you just, you don't see it. And so. Well, and, and it's hard too, right? Because we are where we are now months and, you know, years into it. And you look back and some of the same people you served with and, um, sat with and ministered with are still there still okay yes um and it's difficult to to balance that i remember when i left the church that i interned at one of the women that i served with came to me and said why are you leaving? And I said, the Holy Spirit's calling me away. That's what I'll tell you. And I wanted to be careful because I didn't want to kind of superimpose my own process on other people. Mm -hmm. So she said, well, how is it that the Holy Spirit would call you, but not call me? Like, how does that work? If it's something you feel like you need to leave in order to grow, how come I don't feel like I need to leave in order to grow? And I said, that's such a great question. And I can't answer that for you. Well, and so now I know that God just, he used all of that, you know, and I'm not saying that he causes pain so that certain things happen. I'm not saying that I'm saying he does make good on the promise that he 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 works it out for our good. And he has. I mean, you know, where I am today is a result of what I've been through. And yeah. so yes, some of it was very, very painful. Um, I, I'm certain my eyes are going to be open to other things that are going to be painful. Um, but we've got to remember that you know, we follow Jesus and what the church has taught so much of the time and is still teaching are their man-made traditions, their man-made um, rituals, man-made rules. And we've been doing this from the very beginning. I mean, that's nothing new. So that was the untangling for me. I had to untangle what was that, what was, what was put uh, as gospel, you know, as truth from men um, versus what Jesus has to say. So that's how I really look at anything. That's how I look at any other writings in the Bible, even Paul, Peter, James, um, 
And I view that through the lens of the Gospels mm-hmm. and Jesus's life and how he interacted with people and things he said. Um, I will always choose Jesus over Paul. Mm-hmm. And I, that, I, I say that over and over again to people who are determined that women can't be pastors or teach. <laughs> um, that, and I'll just leave it at that. They can have yeah. their own thoughts, but mm-hmm. I have mine. And I'm yeah. convinced of that truth. Because and, of- and I think Paul gets a kind of a bad rap too. Uh, I'm not convinced he Paul. didn't want women to serve because he, he had women serving with exactly. him. Exactly. Um, and I think too, back to your point about, because that's, that's kind of how I describe deconstruction is it's uh, you have to tear apart the traditions from the faith you have to tear it all apart and look at it and say okay i'm going to look at i'm going to look at the traditions through the lens of my faith in jesus and gosh the traditions are um some of them are so tender and sweet and beautiful and you hold on and you like i i kind of feel like i'm in a cafeteria and i pick some liturgy from this denomination and i pick this way of doing you know, this or this kind of worship or, or that. And I, I pick and choose because there's so many beautiful parts about community and, and worship. Uh, but it's never, I think it's, you, you've gotten to the point that where tradition takes more priority and it, it's set up on a pedestal and that's where the, the worship's misplaced. And, it, and then on top of that, your church incorporated blog, it, it's, it's, it's a business. Yes. And you have to look at it through that. I mean, it is literally a business. And if you haven't served on a staff or in leadership capacity, you might not see that. But it it is. And I'm not saying it's across the board. But where I was working, we looked at numbers every week. And we had to set, we set certain quotas. And we had to do a certain number of activities and follow-ups and and, and the, the butts in seats. Like, how many butts did we have in seats? Yeah. And that's the kind of language that was used. And um, it, it is, it was a numbers game. And, and it, that, that is very disturbing. Yeah. When you balance that with, you know, things like I just had this conversation the other day, the Billy Graham role. So I, I was in a situation where I was balancing that with the fact that I was leading young women who were, who felt in their hearts that they wanted to become pastors. And because of the Billy Graham role, I couldn't get them paired with mentors and church leadership because the men in church leadership refused to be alone with them. So you have this uh, strange situation where you've got all of these women wanting to serve and do and give and use their gifts and talents and they're, they're shoved to the side and the focus is on getting butts and seats. It was just, it was overwhelming and, and terribly disturbing to me. Yeah. And, you know, Stacy, you bring the Billy Graham rule up. I, I, I believed that for so long. Like when I say I believe it, like, I mean, I thought that was the wisest way to operate. Right. And so but then God started unraveling that just by me watching the life of other leaders in the church. I'm talking about not within my own local denomination, but even like 
my, I told you about my favorite author, Karen Swallow Pryor, or mm-hmm. others. I saw them because I followed them on social media. Go out of town, speak, be with men, take pictures even at a restaurant. They're having. I'm like, wow, that that's you know, if we're seeing each other as image bearers, that's completely okay. God has just opened my eyes to mm-hmm. so many errors that we have just, it, we think it's wise, but it's really not. I might have worked for Billy Graham, good for him, but we don't need to make somebody else's uh, practice a rule or a formula for other people's mm-hmm. lives. You know, but we tend yeah. to do um so that that's just been beautiful. I believe in that men and women in ministry can work together, be friends, and that it is a hundred percent okay. And in fact, I think that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it should be. So um that's those kind of things didn't, you know, they there was something I'd always thought, oh, okay. Then I saw somebody else living a different way, and that made more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And th- those kind of things that started, you know, God started, you know, prompting me to to really think deeply about and, and be like, well, why do we follow the Billy Graham rule? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just the question, just, just thinking about it. That's why we have to just ask questions, and that's what yeah. your construction study. You know, that's what it encourages us to do. So let me ask you about that, because you you were already in deconstruction. And so the study, the study um, journal is deconstruction, your journey in faith. So that came out in April and you were part of the group that did the study in April with flying free and flying higher. So as you were going through this, you weren't, you, you were already, you'd already dipped your toes in the untangling. So tell me how it felt for you. I know how it felt for me to put it together, uh, but I continue to be amazed by the stories. And one of them I have pulled up from our, from our group that I want to share in a little bit, but I'd love to hear your perspective about what you thought going through it. Yes. So, um, God had just used my own untangling and everything that I was learning, I believe, to completely prepare my heart for that Sunday group. Um, I was just blown away by every bit of the exercises. I mean, the the first week was the second week was about Jacob. Completely. I mean, I have read that story. You know, I'm a, a... I'm a girl who went to BBS in the summer when I was a kid. Of course, I've heard Jacob's Ladder. We sang a song called Jacob's Ladder. Um, never before have had I seen it the way that you presented it in the way. And it was either the way that you asked a question one time, but it was just like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I wrote it down like it's almost like, he wrestled with God and would not let him go until, you know, he said, I, I, I want you to bless me. I'm not going to let you go until then. And then so uh, God, of course, changes his name mm-hmm. and makes the promise. And then that's where God's people come from. To me, in that moment, God let me know that 
It is that, that wrestling, this untangling, this deconstruction that has actually made me, I mean, I'm not saying I wasn't one of his own, but I am blessed to move forward in that. And mm-hmm. it was so radical to me. Like, I did have this thought. I'm not saying this, but you, you didn't expound on it. But it's almost like, Stacy. God's people need to do that. They have to. God's people need to wrestle with God. I mean, I I just think it's important. Like my children are in a, you know, they would probably all three, I don't know what they would call it, crisis, faith, whatever. But you know what? I'm not worried about it. They need to do that. My faith can't be theirs. And so I'm not scared about it. That if they're wrestling, oh, praise God. I'm really, really happy about that because I do think God's people have to wrestle with God. Yeah. That makes us God's people. I had never thought about that before. And so that was a comfort. And it actually encouraged me to keep moving forward because I was a I'm an accountant. So I like to know the answers. I like everything to fit. <laughs> just, um, but that's just, you know, like I told somebody recently, and I've said it for several years now, if we had all the answers, there's no need to call it faith. I mean, mm-hmm. faith is embracing the mystery. So yeah. I love the mystery now. I love it. That's how much he's changed me. Um, yeah. And it's interesting on this side of it, on this side of the wrestling and, and just not that we're ever done wrestling, but on this side of starting the wrestling, I don't feel the need to be um, so black and white with other people either. I'm completely fine with people that have different thoughts and opinions and, and it doesn't bother me in the least bit. I am so not going to get into an argument about who's right and who's wrong. Cause that's part of it is I've released that just like you said, with your children, I've, I've released that yeah. just being in a situation in a group, like we've been where there are women who are entering into theological conversations, very authentic, um, very vulnerable But even though we've disagreed on or come from different angles or not been on the same exact wavelength on certain topics, it has, it never once has been, there hasn't been any conflict. There hasn't, there haven't been any hurt feelings, right? no stern language or, or judgment. It's been amazing to, to watch that happen on zoom right yes. which is adds a whole other layer yeah. Yeah. It. <laughs> it does but wow thank god for zoom but Stacey, that's a good point you make i since i have embraced the mystery of faith and and this willingness to be curious this willingness to be to be able to say i don't know uh, you know I don't, being right is not the point, but so many people want to be right. Um, but I love people better, genuinely. Like, I just really do. Like, it's not an act. It's not about how I'm acting. It's 
I love them better. Um, I'm curious about their lives and their journey. And I have a deeper trust in the God who made them. I don't, I don't have to manage their faith and make them believe something. The Holy Spirit is perfectly capable of yeah. <laughs> to everyone. And I don't know why in evangelicalism, it's almost like people fear everybody listening to the Holy Spirit. They want to manage that. And, and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. It has to be this way. So, yeah, you can listen to the Holy Spirit as long as it's telling you this. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I try. I mean, I can love my kids better where they are because I'm not, I'm not fearful. Mm-hmm. Because. I know that they um, are seeking and that God loves them and that the Holy Spirit speaks to them like he speaks to me. So Mm -hmm. I can just love them. I don't have to do anything Mm -hmm. uh, about managing. One of the women in our group um, had this take on in module two um it was about the blind man oh, yeah. and yeah so that was mark 8 22 to 26 when jesus healed the blind man okay and and remember in that story jesus told the blind man he healed him and then said don't go through town go home but don't talk about it don't let anybody know what happened remember that so in in that module one of the women just blew my socks off she said that she wondered if jesus sent him away from the village because people in the village would never know him differently than he was before Mm. and that that just really stuck with me and i thought you know it's so cool to be in conversations with these women and hearing uh how their lives and experience and how the spirits just brings these stories to life in a new way with each of our our voices and how that was just such a a neat perspective that i hadn't even considered but it reminded me so much of deconstruction because like i said earlier and you've experienced once you're out of that community you they don't they don't know they don't know you any other way than you were they can't recognize the changes in you and I feel like that's a lot like that blind man might that experience might have been he saw things in a whole new way and Jesus said don't go through the village yeah well don't talk about this healing and can't you say that about even well I can for sure my marriage Mm -hmm. it's changing in that like you know, uh, so many people know that person Mm -hmm. um, who was in that very painful marriage and they're used to that person who believed that I was responsible for his choices Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, keeping him faithful or 
you know, just being the the good Christian wife, the definition that I had put on myself mm-hmm. that God had not put. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I had I thought that God would be more glorified and us if I stayed in that marriage. And part of my untangling, God finally showed me, no, you're you're you um your life being devastated and not doing what I've created you to do, how is that going to glorify me? You know? Um, so, I mean, it has mattered. My, my untangling deconstructor has mattered like <laughs> in a major way in my life. I mean, I, I don't, I think it all culminated to major decisions that I was able to make. Um, I, I just think he brought me that way on purpose. And it, I'm, you know, I'm not saying I don't grieve. Gosh, I got, I had the most wonderful trip in the high Sierras. And the next week I was overcome with grief. You know, that's just yeah. how it's going to be. Um, so I'm not saying it's hard, but I am flourishing. Yeah. And I look forward to the days and I look forward to what God is doing and to whatever he's going to bring me, you know? Um, and I'm not scared of the, I'm not, I'm not scared of, you know, the sorrow or the grieving process. Um, <clears throat> just such a difference. So I just think that's why this book is important. Um, and it was an honor to be, to watch those women go through that. I just think, you know, and your deal is too, Stacy. you want to create those safe spaces for people to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's my heart. You know, I don't know what God's going to do with my seminary journey, but part of my heart has always been that I want people to know Jesus and who he is, but the church has gotten in the way of that. So yeah, much i mean like that's what we're doing we're stripping away all of the stuff and we're getting down to the core of who jesus is i mean somebody said this and i can't remember where i heard it but they said it was beautiful what the way they said it i'm paraphrasing but she said i've come to know jesus i i've come to know jesus for who he is way better outside of the church than i ever did in it yeah (laughs) Um, yeah but so that's our hearts. And what do you think? What do you think uh, the Holy Spirit's doing with women like us? There's so many of us that are digging into theology and seminary, and at the same time deconstructing. And that that's it's an interesting uh, mix. Is, so what, what do you think? What do you think's in store for us? One thing that's in store um, that happened. My brother-in-law gave a message at um, a church on Sunday. You know. every message he gives, I'm like, that's the best message. No, it's that one. It's that one. But this one really was (laughs) was about the three Marys, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary, the sister of uh, Martha and Lazarus. Yes. And then Mary Magdalene. Anyway, it was just absolutely beautiful. And he told me the night before he and my sister and uh, my daughter and her husband went out to eat and he was telling me about this message and he's like Marie you know because of some of the things you told me and because of some of the things you've learned that you've shared with me he did 
deeper research into Jewish culture. And anyway, beautiful message. I'm gonna, I plan to share it with y'all if I haven't already. Um, and then he used one of the sources that I gave him, which is Marg Moscow. Mm-hmm. And he put that on the video screen. So now more people know about her. Awesome. <laughs> Have you told her? You Not need to yet. tell her. I need to. I haven't had a chance. But yes, he just said he, he, I mean, you know what kind of wealth of information she has over there. I oh, mean, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so that's one way, Stacy, that is using us because in conversations that we don't even know are changing other people. Um, so that's one way. And then I really, truly believe that the church, it's already looks different than we thought it would. And I think it's going to continue. And so who knows what God's going to do with us? I mean, we might be uh, like Lydia and have churches in our homes. I mean, my brother-in-law is already calling me Pastor Marie. Yeah. (laughs) He's very encouraging, but I just foresee that. I foresee that he's raising up a lot of women because, Stacey, there's a lot of people that don't and won't feel safe under male leadership. Um, Or at least it needs to be a balanced yeah leadership yeah yeah and yeah we're just kind of hitting on gender but in and very other other uh forms of diversity as well the church has to look like the people of god yes he just he continues to let me know how much i've i still don't know but that's okay because it's the mystery right and so um i've come to embrace that and love it and look forward to it. And I pray all the time that I remain curious. And, you know, yeah, one of yeah. my prayers used to be, I, I, I've shared this with somebody, but I, my prayer in my younger marriage used to be take thought, t- take each thought captive and make it obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and, and then I started praying, create in me a clean heart, oh God. And those were good prayers and needed for those seasons. But now I'm in such a different place. My spiritual director said, Marie, do you notice the difference in that? But anyway, my prayer is now is keep me in the light of your love, God. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't even realize it's not like I said one day, oh, I'm going to start praying this. You know, I just looked back on my journals and I was like, wow, in this phase of my life, that was my prayer in this one. And now I'm praying, keep me in the light of your love. There's a there's a settledness there. Like I'm not having to, I'm not anxious about where I stand (laughs) anymore. I I know deep in my soul that I'm loved by God. And so a peace that passes understanding. Yes. Mm. And so I don't, he, he has given me a new heart. Mm -hmm. And so now I just want him to keep me in the light of his love and just me to be, you know, my eyes fixed on Jesus. And I I think, Stacey, for us, it's just been became from, you know, we were in this behavior modification kind of model of discipleship. Mm -hmm. And now we're in this. We are loved and in a relationship with 
the God of the universe and we want to know him better. Wow. What a difference. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. so um, beautiful. So I'm glad to be part of it. And I'm glad God crossed our paths. Definitely. I think it's not the end of our journey. Well, I'm sure we'll. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Some more ministry work together. Yeah. I think I appreciate you um, being on. What is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to mention? You know, one of the I I do because I want to talk about your book. One last thing that was really touched me in a way you asked in one of us and I don't have it right here in front of me um but you you asked us to like name like stepping stones is am Mm. I saying this right like and you said like if you can name them Mm -hmm. like name your that was so such a beautiful exercise to me that really really helped me um that helped me in my deconstruction or untangling journey because I was also just giving myself permission to get to know myself, Stacy. because mm-hmm. we were taught, well, well, you don't need to know ourselves. That's selfish and sinful. And right. you know, like there, there's a certain type of teaching in the church that it's almost shameful to say, love yourself, you know? And so that all sort of converged. And one of my stones was, my first one was awakening. And then the next one was know thyself. Mm. Um, and, And so I've been kind of, as I get to know God, I'm knowing myself too, but but that's how it's supposed to be right right his image how did we ever separate those two i I don't understand church did that but yeah it's module one it's it's that pivotal verse for me psalm 119 105 which is such a simple verse and everyone you know everyone knows your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path but it uh for me so personality type junkies i'm an entj and an enneagram eight so i'm i'm hard charging to solutions and fixing problems and i I want to get us where we're show me the show me the objective and i'll get us there well my faith journey has not worked like that at all right so (laughs) i want to know what the end result is i want to know where i'm headed but um a very dear friend of mine reminded me of this verse and said, you just get to see one step at a time. Our God's not a billboard God. So the stepping stone thing for me is a way to kind of recenter. And, and I I know I've got the path and I can see all these rocks ahead of me. I know I'm going to get, get there, but I I can name the one I'm on now and I can give the next one a name and take that. When I take, when I'm ready to step off one stone and step onto the next that's that's really what I'm focused on on and where I'm headed yeah and it's it 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 centers me again because my natural tendency is to like many of us you you're impatient you want to know what's what's coming 
And that helped me think about that. You know, that that's what why your exercises are so valuable. And you know, you you're sure to say there's no right or wrong answers there, because the Holy Spirit is going to say something to me that you know is for me. And so that exercise, I just remember it was like, oh wow, yes, awesome. what it is. So I just really appreciate it, and I think it. It's the beginning of a lot more people mm-hmm. learning that deconstruction. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In fact, it is okay. It's necessary. I, I mean, yeah. I firmly believe that that wrestling, deconstruction, untangling, whatever name you give it, it is a necessary part of our coming to know who Jesus really is. I believe that with all my heart. So. Well, I have another study group coming up okay. uh, next week, starting next week, and it's full. So starting August 11th oh, for six right. weeks, there are, there are almost 15 women in it. That is so and then the next great. one will start on September 22nd through okay. the end of October. I'm excited. I'm excited about that. And uh, I just can't wait. Like I, I each call I get off and I'm like, OK, God, if you if you take me now. It's fine because that was just the best thing ever. I don't think yeah. ministry can get any better than it did tonight. <laughs> so um, did e- either of those two women that I had given yes. from it, did they contact you? And yes, yeah, yeah. I think one starting in August and one starting in September. So yeah, awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited about that. Well, good. Yes. See, I mean, look, uh, I mean, God's just doing all of this, and it's just wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Marie, for being on. Thank you for having me. I will. If you you send me the links, like to the message you heard and any of the resources you feel are are important to share, then I'll put them in the podcast notes. Okay. And including your website and how people can find you and connect with you and uh, know a little bit more about you. I love your about me page because it's all about. It's funny. (laughs) I think I think everyone should just go read it. (laughs) <laughs> i've tried to be funny yeah. <laughs> well thank <Great>. you <laughs> but yeah I, I will send you those things and thank you again and i look forward to working with you in the future awesome marie <laughs> well have a have a wonderful evening and a great walk out there right. in the great state thank of alabama you, <laughs> okay. okay bye bye